You're listening to PetLifeRadio.com. This is Pet Pulse News from Zoo2.com. Z-O-O-T-O-O, the leader in pet news and information. And now, here are the top stories. Florida has long been known as a popular place to retire, especially for the famous. And that's never been more true than for one facility trying to accommodate as many stars as it can. Pet Pulse reporter Victoria Lim shows us where some of the most recognizable characters find shelter from the spotlight and the public. This is where some of the hottest celebrities retire from the bright lights and cameras. Like Sam here, who makes an elaborate entrance. He starred in the movie Dunstan Checks In. 100 acres tucked in between woods and orange groves in South Central Florida is the Center for Great Apes. Patty Reagan is the director and founder of the center. They don't have a, a really suitable place. Close to all of the 40 or so residents worked in entertainment as babies or were pets that grew up and ultimately outgrew their use. You cannot handle a great ape when they're adolescent and adult to have them comply to doing tricks and behave for cameras and so forth. So some end up being sold to scientific labs if they can't find homes and sanctuaries like this one. The Center for Great Apes is the only facility of its kind in the country that does not have a research component attached to it. The goal here is for the animals to be in as natural a state as possible. Once these chimps and orangutans are used to human interaction, it makes it more difficult for them to interact with each other. And that's why some zoos are hesitant to take them. Not only that, but space is also a consideration. These animals can live 50 to 60 years. Reagan estimates her cost to be at least $15,000 a year per ape funded solely on donations and small grants. The sanctuary includes a dozen three-story high-domed habitats with climbing structures and plenty of space. Only a few live in each one, a mixture of gender and age. Reagan says as the animals get older, they can become territorial, and some may need to be isolated. Habitats are connected via chutes, like the one Bam Bam is using, the former star of the soap opera Passions, so the animals aren't confined to their space. Even special needs orangutan Mari is accommodated here. Pongo is her constant companion. The Florida heat leads to lounging, as this former star of CareerBuilder.com ads is enjoying, and Reagan says that's encouraged. The real reason is these animals have performed for the public for years, and we want to give them a chance to just be with each other. The center is closed to the public. Reagan says it would cost more to turn it into an attraction than the amount of money it would raise, making the center a private paradise for the lucky few who got to trade the spotlight for the sunshine. In Wachula, Florida, I'm Victoria Lim for Pet Pulse on Zoo2 TV. The Center for Great Apes has a waiting list. Currently, they have a request to take in 15 chimps, but right now they don't have the funds or space. Now, if you'd like to comment and see what others have to say, go to the news section of Zoo2.com and send us your story ideas by emailing or calling us. They're brightly colored, they're beautiful, and some are worth tens of thousands of dollars. In Florida, Pet Pulse reporter Chris O'Donnell tells us about some very special and unique pets. We show them, it's very competitive, and there's no end to the varieties. John Mells isn't talking about dogs or cats. He's talking about fish, koi to be exact. Mells is vice president of the Orlando Koi and Pond Club, and he says these fish have a very devoted following. It's a very, very big hobby, and worldwide it's very, very huge. 
More than 100 clubs are registered with the Associated Koi Clubs of America, but Mel says there are literally thousands of clubs across the country. Koi were originally developed in Japan and are descendants of the common carp, but these are no ordinary fish. They are bred the same as dogs are bred or horses are bred. They're bred for specific varieties. They have a specific standard for showing. Color has to meet a certain standard. The pattern has to be laid out a specific way. And an individual koi can be worth tens of thousands of dollars or more if it's show quality. I can remember the first time I spent $100 for a fish and I thought, my God, what am I doing? And now I have fish that are thousands of dollars. Koi shows are similar to dog and cat shows and take place all over the world. The koi are judged on such things as skin quality, body form, and color pattern. That's why owners say care and pond maintenance are so important. You have parasites that you have to keep on top of. Mm -hmm. If a frog comes into your pond from a local lake, they can easily carry parasites with them, which can infect your fish. So you have to watch. Luis Barroso is also a member of the Orlando Koi and Pond Club. He has three ponds and has devoted much of his backyard to his koi. But he says he never planned it that way. I thought I was going to stay with four or five, six inches wide koi. But now, Barroso has moved on to fish that are 26 to 28 inches long. He has around 35 koi in all. For Barroso, the koi ponds are just relaxing. We spent a lot of time back here and, um, and we think it's beautiful and very peaceful. But unfortunately, just like cats and dogs, koi can also find themselves in need of a new home. People get fish, their fish outgrow their ponds, or they decide that they no longer want to keep these fish. Uh, the pond is too much work for them, so we're always trying to find homes for pond-quality fish. There is no koi rescue organization per se, but Mel says the fish find homes to the extensive koi club network throughout the country. But more often than not, these koi lovers say all it takes is one fish, and people are hooked. I compare with golf because I have several friends that uh, take golf as a hobby, and more or less the way they talk and act is like an addiction. It, it's a sickness. It's a disease that develops. You know, AA is lucky. They have a 12-step program. We don't have that because we goad each other on. <laughs> For Pet Pulse on Zoo 2 TV, I'm Chris O'Donnell. Koi enthusiasts say the hobby doesn't have to be enormously expensive. A decent starter pond would cost around three or $4,000. Now, if you'd like to comment and see what others have to say, go to the news section of Zoo2.com and send us your story ideas by emailing or calling us. Looking for the newest form of exercise to enjoy together with your dog? It can be done year-round, either just for fun or in serious competition. In New Jersey, Pet Pulse reporter Joey Waller hits the trail for urban mushing. It began as mushing, or dog sledding, popular in Alaska, then evolving elsewhere into dry land racing. Pooches tethered to kick scooters, carts, and bicycles with people riding them. In Weehawken, New Jersey, a unique dog daycare service called Wanna Go Out tethers dogs to people on bikes for a lower-impact pet workout. Regardless of the method or magnitude, it's now called urban mushing, and it's growing coast to coast. It's just a wonderful way to drain energy. Um, it's a natural primal activity for the dogs. Um, their brains go into migration mode, and they are in doggy nirvana. In three years, the group Southern California Working Snow Dogs has grown from 19 members to more than 450. The group says organized urban mushing nationally involves more than 1,800 people and rising. A scooter is an easier way 
to have your dogs pull you in any you know any smooth road environment because you can jump on and off it a lot faster than you can with a bicycle. Urban Mushing now has competitive races, ranging from single dogs to teams of eight. Last year, races were held in 11 states, from Maine to California. The dogs have to be well-trained in that. They have to you know, slow down when you ask them to, uh, because you don't have any sort of tethered means to the dogs. You know, they're out there maybe 10 feet in front of you. With helicopters hovering in the shadows of New York City, mushing doesn't get more urban than in northern New Jersey. Urban mushing allows dogs to exhibit their natural pack leadership instincts, usually dissuaded when they're being walked. But you know, urban mushing isn't just about getting these dogs exercise. It's also about kisses, and it's about having them feel more comfortable and confident, especially around other dogs. Socially, they get a better understanding of what it is that they're going to see in this great environment of theirs that's going to be their home and get that experience while stimulated in a positive way by being exercised and disciplined through that process. In the house, she's kind of all over the place. And when I see her on a bike, she's very structured, very controlled. So it's good to see her with some discipline. Experts say teaching dogs urban mushing is easy. First, ask your vet if your dog is physically able. Then get a no-slip Martindale-type collar. Dress your dog in reflective neon, just like runners and bikers wear, and you're off. You want to start off slow. You want to start off in an area where there's not too many people, not too many distractions, just so you can get them used to the idea of riding next to this object with you on it. It probably will bring more people into the snow side of, of mushing, because as it did with me, you, you get hooked. It's a real adrenaline rush uh, being pulled by your dogs. Oh, and whatever you do, just don't yell, mush, we're told. No one actually does that. For Pet Pulse on Zoo2 TV, I'm Joey Waller. Urban Mushing's growing popularity has been a boon for at least one scooter company that fell into the craze accidentally. Diggler Scooter now makes several models of dog scooters. For more information on the sport and its equipment, visit urbanmushing.com and digglerstore.com. Now, if you'd like to comment and see what others have to say, go to the news section of zoo2.com and send us your story ideas by emailing or calling us. We'll be back with more pet news right after this commercial break. Greetings, human. What planet am I on? Welcome to Pet Planet. Here's a copy of Pet Planet Magazine, Florida's most informative and fun pet resource magazine. It features heartwarming stories and informative articles from local and national pet experts. Excellent. Pet Planet Magazine offers Operation Planet Rescue, helping rescued pets find new homes. And it's available at 500 locations in South and Central Florida and 24-7 on the Internet at PetPlanetMagazine.com. If you're out and about with your pet, you may be featured in Paparazzi, Candid Pictures of You and Your Pet. For up-to-date pet-friendly events, activities, and pet-related services and products, Pet Planet Magazine is your final destination. I shall take this magazine home with me. Back to your home planet? No. To my condo in Boca. Pet Planet Magazine. Check them out at www.petplanetmagazine.com or 352-394-8578. It's out of this world. That's it. You're madder than a junkyard dog and you're not going to take it anymore. Your feathers are ruffled, your dander is up, and you've got a definite bone to pick. 
Join us each week on Pet Peeves, the show that lets you dig through the dirt and unleash your passion for pets. Your host, pet expert and award-winning author, Amy Shojai, will talk about what makes you howl and what hisses you off. Pet Peeves, every week on demand, only on PetLifeRadio.com. Let's Talk Pets on PetLifeRadio.com. You're listening to Pet Pulse News from Zoo2.com. Z-O-O-T-O-O. Now, for this week's pet news stories. We've seen dogs and cats and even other animals adjust to life despite missing a leg. But one kitten in New Jersey has a handicap that's even more severe. As Pet Pulse reporter Joey Waller shows us, this kitten is not just surviving, he's thriving. Everyone was very excited about Tashi coming. This kitten is a medical marvel in more ways than one. Tashi was born with a congenital spinal cord condition, paralyzing his hind legs. He was rescued from a feral cat colony in Ohio, recently arriving at Tabby's Place, a cage-free cat sanctuary in Ringo's, New Jersey. At about six months old, Tashi doesn't realize he's handicapped, so he's making every effort to walk. Tashi would have never made it out in the wild, and most shelters would have just put him down. Tabby's Place specializes in finding homes for cats in desperate circumstances. If not placed, cats like Tashi can remain here for life. You got your string. Good boy. Just having these cats here and being able to help them is is really why we do this. With doing the walking, he will have a little bit more ability to write himself, um, a little more activity and strength in his hind legs, which is what we want him to do. Tashi was sent to Tabby's place because they recently cared for another paraplegic cat named Bagara. His hind legs were paralyzed when he was hit by a car, and he now uses a cart for mobility. His nerves were... They didn't really react much at all. He didn't have very many reflexes. But Tashi's prospects for at least some use of his hind legs are more promising because the nerves in those legs remain intact. An x-ray of his spine is on the top, one of a healthy cat's spine below. Tashi's is noticeably crooked, preventing the communication from his brain to his hind legs that triggers walking. But using a supportive band around his middle, Tashi is being taught to use those legs through physical therapy, a relative rarity for cats. It's going to be a challenge. A challenge with great reward, though. One way of prompting Tashi to move his hind legs is by raising his tail. Muscle training is going to be a big part of his progress um, to be able to steer himself in the right direction with the front end as well as to be able to support himself on the hind end. I think I speak for all of us here when I say it touches our hearts very deeply that, uh, that he has so much determination in him and that he has such a strong will to live and strong will to just be a happy little kitten living a full life. There's hope that Tashi will be adopted largely because Bagheera has found a new home, taken in by a veterinarian. My faith in humanity has actually gone up as a result of doing this, when I see some of the adoptions that we've had. When Tashi stops walking, his legs keep on twitching, because his brain doesn't tell them to stop. His legs are still going. (laughs) Despite all the extra work and care that Tashi needs, here at Tabby's Place they say it's all well worth it, regardless of what the future holds. Just seeing the quality of life that's there, the sparkle in their eyes that's still there. Whatever extra care you may have to give a cat like Tashi is, is infinitely worth it in terms of the love you get. And seeing is believing. For Pet Pulse on Zoo2 TV, I'm Joey Waller. Tabby's Place also recently placed a cat with no eyes. For more information on adopting a very special cat from them, visit tabbiesplace.org.
If you'd like to comment and see what others have to say, go to the news section of Zoo2.com. Send us story ideas by emailing or calling us. Throngs of fans recently turned out at the home of the San Diego Padres, not for a baseball game, but to see Chihuahua's race for national recognition. As Pet Pulse reporter Joey Waller shows us, a past winner was again the first to cross the finish line. They're among the world's smallest dogs, but these canines were vying for the title of America's fastest Chihuahua. The fourth annual Petco Unleashed National Chihuahua races were held, where else? At Petco Park in San Diego. Everywhere you looked, it was Chihuahua City, as the dogs, their owners, and their supporters were getting fired up during the races leading up to the grand finale. We had over 2,900 Chihuahuas participate, which is just unbelievable, and I'm sure we're going to get even more next year. If the Kentucky Derby is the fastest two minutes in sports, then this 35-foot track is the site of the fastest two seconds. We did get our secret weapon. It's a McDonald's breakfast burrito. That's what got us here, so we're hoping it'll maybe get her to place today. Go Tiger! Tiger, a four-year-old from Bakersfield, California, would beat out 14 other finalists for the 2000. 2008 title with a winning time of 1.9 seconds. The louder the crowd gets, the faster he goes. Because when we were practicing, he didn't really care. He was just like wandering around going, okay. And uh, when the crowd started really yelling, that's when he turned it, turned it on and ran fast. Tiger also won this event in 2006. After beating out regional finalists that competed around the country, Tiger owes it all to his nickname. Kitty, kitty. I started yelling kitty, kitty down there. He, he was really focused on me. So that was our secret weapon this year. So you might say the kitty beat out the burrito. For Pet Pulse on Zoo2 TV, I'm Joey Waller. Tiger's owner says he always has lots of energy, so training and competing comes naturally to him. Well, if you'd like to comment and see what others have to say, go to the news section of Zoo2.com and send us your story ideas by emailing or calling us. For some college students, returning to school means reading, writing, and walking your dog on campus. In Florida, Pet Pulse reporter Victoria Lim shows us that leaving home for the semester doesn't have to mean leaving your best friend behind. As Kristen Kellard moves in for her senior year, Jasmine settles in for her first semester at Eckerd College. I have a lot of medical problems um, and back pain, so she's definitely a good companion, and she helps me out through hard times. As students get reacquainted with fellow classmates, their pets rekindle friendships, too. Some may take a little more time to get used to each other. Don't worry. These guys are friends. They just haven't seen each other all summer. This is Shadow's second year at Eckerd and his owner, Kerry O'Gorman's third. It just makes a difference. It gives you more of a responsibility. Um, you know, you actually go to class. You get up early because you have to walk the dog and feed the dog before you go to class. Furry and feathered friends are a prerequisite for some students attending this Florida college. The director of Residence Life says allowing pets to join their owners on campus eases the transition from home to school and makes students more comfortable. A lot of our students come from the Northeast, uh, the Midwest, uh, different uh, out in the west, so they come a long distance, and we want them to feel like they're at home. We found less than a dozen pet-friendly schools across the country. Eckerd's administration can't recall when it started allowing pets, but says it formalized its policy in the 90s. Last year, students registered 40 dogs, cats, rabbits, ducks, and ferrets, but that doesn't even account for all of the animal student body here, which can include fish, turtles, snakes, and hamsters. 
Pets live in one of three designated pet dorms. It costs $75 to register the animals, which helps the school make sure everyone is accounted for in times of emergencies, like hurricanes or fires. There are weight and size limits, and if found, illegal pets can lead to a $500 fine. Occasionally, there's problems with owners not cleaning up after their pets and excessive noise, but the school says students are rarely asked to send their pets home. A student-run pet council works with school security to handle complaints and reports of abuse or neglect. Emmy the Cocker Spaniel returns to Eckerd for her second year on campus. Her owner, Rendalowitz, is a junior and resident assistant in one of the pet dorms. She says she's seen how pets can instill discipline in students' hectic lives. I think for some people on campus it keeps them out of trouble. <laughs> they know they're not out doing anything they, they shouldn't be doing. They're coming back home at a reasonable hour, and it's, it, it helps a lot with time management. On this campus, some of the best life lessons may not come from a book, but the roommate you bunk with. For Pet Pulse on Zoo 2 TV, I'm Victoria Lim. And you know, Eckerd College recently made the grade as one of the country's top pet-friendly schools. Now, if you'd like to comment or see what others have to say, just go to the news section of Zoo2.com, and we always encourage your own story ideas. Just email or call us. You've been listening to Pet Pulse News from Zoo2.com. Z-O-O-T-O-O, the leader in pet news and information. Heard each week on PetLifeRadio.com.